Volleyball opens conference play with a victory, and the competition ramps up this week. And your football Wampus Cats pulled off the upset at Bentonville. I'm Levi Gilbert, and this is Six Legs. Welcome to Six Legs. I'm Levi Gilbert, and this is your podcast home for all things Wampus Cat and Lady Cat Athletics. I'm joined, as always, by one of the voices of the Wampus Cat, Tim Roach. Tim, how are you? Doing fine. I'm recovering from a long week in the football, <laughs> but it was great football this weekend. Yeah, you know, we had we had an exciting Friday night, and then I know you had an uh, unintentionally exciting <laughs> Saturday. I can I can hear it in your voice a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit long. I'm, I'll get better by tomorrow. But boy, uh, great Razorback game in the second half. The first half was terrible, but uh, it was it, it really. It was it was going to be okay, and I really mean this. It was going to be okay because Friday night was so spectacular. Oh, yeah. I was still on a high. It really couldn't you couldn't throw me off. You yeah. couldn't throw me off. But they managed to find a way to get me in vocally involved in the Razorback game. So I apologize. And we will get to Friday night uh, here in just a, a few minutes, and then much later in the show as well. It's basically, this is a this is a football show. I'll just Yay. be upfront about it. Uh, if you don't know, our show is fan supported on Patreon. So if you like what you hear, drop on over to Patreon.com/sixlegs and help some and help support the show financially to help make it sustainable. And another huge shout out to our first patrons, Malcolm and Susan Smith. Let's open the show with last week's headlines, and we begin today with your football Wampus Cats, who had an absolutely stellar comeback performance on the road at Bentonville on Friday. Conway upset the Tigers 55-41 to behind the strength of six turnovers and a reliable ground and air attack, outscoring Bentonville 27-6 to in the fourth quarter. Donovan Amala rushed for two scores and threw three touchdowns. Manny Smith hauled in six catches and two scores, and Boogie Carr rushed for over 100 yards and a score. Senior Mo Freeman led the defense with 10 tackles. Quadro Wilson had eight tackles and two interceptions, one of which was returned for a touchdown. Trey Roberts also had a pick, and Ashton Waller had nine tackles and a forced fumble, which he promptly took 49 yards to score and put the cherry on top of the game. Combined, the defense and special teams recorded six turnovers. Tim, Tim. It was it was so rewarding for everybody involved with our program after the after the Fayetteville game and going up there with such high hopes and really not playing well and still being in the ball game. I know it's 17 point ball game, but we were in the ball game till late. And um, you had Manny Smith go out with some heat related issues. You had all the stuff. And then you've got to get on the bus, drive back and then drive back to back to Bentonville and face the top team. I mean, they, them and Bryant, they're the top two teams in the state and play them at their place. Second game of the year. Um, I, I didn't, I had some hope, but it was limited. And uh, boy, what a fantastic outcome. It was a great night to be a Wampus Cat fan, that's for sure. The Wampus Cats will be home for the first time this season on Friday, playing host to Jonesboro to close out the non-conference schedule. And we'll break down that Benville game in more detail and preview Jonesboro a a little later in the show. And we're also going to hear from Coach Gavin De Los Santos, the offensive line coach for your Wampus Cats. So it's 
Like I said, it's going to be a football pack show today. We move now to volleyball. The Lady Cats split the week, falling on Tuesday at defending state champs Fayetteville in three sets. The Lady Cats kept the first set close, 28-26, to 26, but couldn't keep it going after that. Coach Crow described it as a, a gauge game, giving the Lady Cats a feel for where they need to be by the end of the season, Tim. Yeah, and I think that what you saw, they took out some frustrations on the, on the Thursday night game. Um, but uh, and and Southwest is Southwest. Their program is still relatively new. They're gonna they're gonna be okay. But right now they're not that great. And so you saw some things happen in the volleyball game on Thursday night that really was a good look for. We got a chance to to really play a lot of folks and saw some of the younger talent come through. We're going to need those ladies uh, as the season progresses. Um, so, yeah, Fayetteville is top-notch. I mean, that's that's an early season test. I hope to see them again at the end of the year. Yeah, Conway, like you said, quick to rebound on Thursday, opening conference play with the sweep of Little Rock Southwest. Um, and also, you like you said, going deep into the bench, and Laney Kellybrew returned from injury, had three blocks. Uh, on the week, Madison Holloway finished with 13 kills and three blocks. Olivia Weedauer had 27 assists. Kara Scott had 13 digs, and Kenley Jordan served six aces. So, uh, what's what's coming? Oh, North Little Rock coming up this yeah. week, right? Another yeah. another big test. Absolutely. This week you were you're in in the deep. Fayetteville was the last non-conference game, so you started with Southwest. So we're one and zero in conference. You really begin now. You go that, and I think it's Cabot as well next week. Um, and both of those are are. The Cabot's program has really progressed. Um, North Little Rock's always tough. So it's going to be a tough week. Um, and Coach, uh, I think, though, has them ready. Uh, Laney Kellebrew came back and was absolutely fantastic on Thursday night. She was jumping out of the gym, making great moves, pounding the ball. She had a couple of great kills and blocks, as you said. Really happy to have Laney Kellebrew back. Moving to golf now at the Bryant Hornets Invitational last Tuesday, the Conway boys finished second out of eight teams with a combined score of 312. Colin Spangler finished as the runner-up individually, and Yenta Yang finished third. The Conway girls finished in third place in the tournament as well. And we closed last, week head last week's headlines with tennis. The Lady Cats took on Greenbrier Thursday and won 3-1. to one. Coach LaShanta Johnson said that Conway's top doubles team – comprised of Emma McClurkin, am I saying that right, Tim? And, <laughs> and Aaron Price, or as they are referred to, Double Trouble. See, they have a nickname for their, for their doubles. Fantastic. Double Fantastic. Trouble yeah. uh, is, is proving to be a great duo for the Lady Cats. So that's going to do it for last week's headlines. Now let's just go ahead and move into what was an amazing Friday night for Wampus Cat football and honestly the entire city of Conway. Let's just say it. Even if you're not a Wampus Cat fan, this was a huge night for Conway going up to Bentonville, a place where let's just say it the last three times that we've been there now, we've won. Now, granted, one of those games was against Bentonville West, but right. So be it. Stay. Doesn't matter. Yeah. We have established a track record of success of going into that stadium and coming out with w's and tim where do you even want to begin with this one because there's there's so many things to talk about i mean we could start with the fact that we were down 13 to nothing 
fairly quickly. <laughs> yeah, and and had two turnovers, two turnovers yeah, in that not, span. Not not on us. Two turnovers that we forced, Gibbon. and Gibbon we were still us. down thirteen. That's nothing. right. That's right. I mean, you you would think with and and they were it was I think it was a pick and a fumble, and but two pick or two turnovers, and you would think okay now we now we've got something. You immediately turn around. You got the offense back on the field, yet we could not find anything. Uh, we had you know, uh, and I know that that the receiving coach is going to have a great film session with his guys. Um, we were dropping balls right and left. And, and I think, I mean, that's not saying anything bad about the kids. That's just what was happening. We were just dropping balls. Yeah. I mean, so the good news was, was that Donovan was really hitting, hitting it. Well, the bad news is we just couldn't complete the action. So um, we had zero yards and then for that drive right before the end of the first quarter. And then you had, you know, Donovan Amala who has not had a touchdown yet. Right. After the Fayetteville game. Right. Only goes for 65 yards and a score on a keeper <laughs> on fourth on fourth and two. Yeah. And um and and at that from that point forward, it was on. Yeah. And then uh, in the second quarter, he had the 15 yard pass to Manny Smith that gave Conway its first lead. And then uh from from there on, it was it was just like a back and forth, constant back and forth affair, right? And then eventually Bentonville was able to flip it to where when they would score, they were taking the lead and we were just chasing the whole rest of the night. It felt right. like, and man, going into that, that, well, before we get to the, the second half, what a big drive at the end of the first oh half gosh. for Conway to tie it up the 35 yard pass from Amala to Manny Smith. I mean, I can't tell you how relieved I felt going into halftime with a tie, tie ball games, knowing that Benville was about to get the ball to start the second That's half. Right. It was a huge possession for Conway. No, it was absolutely. And so <laughs> where are you going now, man? Where are Yo, you well, going? I was going to, I was going to say, I was going to say though, to, to number one, to agree with your point, but to also say this, that for the guys um, after having the first quarter that they had, to, to mentally check into the fact that even with that start, that you're tied with Bentonville, it's zero zero going into the second half. And yeah, they get the ball first, but you're, you're right there. Now you take care of business. You, you try to find a way to stay with them, get, maybe get a break or two then. Uh, and you know, that's what the coaches were saying. Look, look, it, you're, it's right here. It's right here. And because at the end of the first half of the Fayetteville game, it was, I had a feeling, and again, with Manny being out, you were like, I, I, I'm, how are we going to do this? And and that's kind of how it ended up being. So, yeah, that score at the end of the first half was just was absolutely critical. Yeah, what a joy to have Manny Smith on the field all four quarters. And yeah. he's, I mean, he's such a game changer. He takes so much attention that it opens things up for everybody else. And I know Wes Boudreaux was out most of the game uh, Friday at Benville, so we got to see a lot of younger receivers, Jaden Hughes, right. uh, uh, who was the other one we we kept seeing? Uh, Chris O'Neill yeah, had Chris a big O'Neal. catch. Yeah, and Donovan Amala really establishing himself as a runner. We didn't we didn't really see a whole lot of that at, at Fayetteville, and there were two different occasions where he, you know, kept the kept the ball on the read and then ran it to Score. the corner for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, and he was he outran guys to the edge um which is you know and he's a big he's a big quarterback compared to to Ben last year who was a little bit smaller but was really athletic Donovan really has that quarterback look about him 
but sometimes those guys are not the quickest, uh, you know, in getting out. This guy really has that and to establish, yeah. and here's the thing that sets it up for the rest of the year going into last night. First of all, you didn't really know a lot about him yet. He, he managed Fayetteville game very well. No picks, no turnovers, had good presence in the pocket, right? Had all those things, but you didn't see the running side of it at all. You saw a couple of scrambles where he got down. This game changes everything because now when people see game film, they're like, okay, now we've got to stop. Now we have to stop Manny, Boogie, Lala, Chambers, yeah. and Donovan running the ball. Yeah. Not to mention West and all the other guys uh, catching the ball in the, in the in the wide receiving core. There's a lot, there's a lot there to cover. And if you're a defending team, not only do you have to figure out a way to cover those guys, but you got to keep up with us. And I saw what I saw Bentonville do in the second half was really struggle to stay up with the pace. I listened to the, the other broadcast. I think I talked about this a little bit uh, earlier with you. I watched the other broadcast and a couple of things that I noted from that. It's always great to get the different perspective, right? From the other, the other side of the equation. And one of the things is this, that's the first regular season loss for Bentonville in two seasons, last two seasons. So two, two seasons and yeah. one game, they had not lost a regular season game. They were undefeated. So and they lost in the playoffs but they did not lose regular season games. This is the right. first one. And, the, and it's not like they don't play anybody. They play, <laughs> right. they play, not only do they play tough, you know, their conference has some, some tough moments, but they play every year. They play out of state. They're in that area of the state where they can get some different people to come in and go out. So they've played the number four team in Kansas city, Missouri last week and, and thumped them. They get Rockhurst to come in this coming week and they played us in the middle of that they, yeah. it, they've got a tough schedule. We beat a great team. That was the one thing I, that I, that I took away. The second thing I would say is this, is that they were very impressed, shocked, appalled, whatever you want to call it with the pace of the game for us. We were fast at Fayetteville and we saw the speed of this offense last year really start to pick up as we got into the conference. That, I will tell you, even last year, that was the fastest I've seen us move. They literally um, were ahead of Bentonville getting to their spot and going. Bentonville was always on the chase, always on the chase in the second half. We were lightning fast. I was counting seconds. Sometimes it was by the time the play was over with, we were snapping in under 10 seconds. Now think about that. Under yeah. 10 seconds to get everybody lined up and figure out where you are. Our guys are so disciplined to run that kind of offense. I mean, it's going to drive some coaches crazy. They just couldn't keep up. And it wasn't just the second half, because I remember distinctly after the Amala touchdown run, the first one, the next scoring drive, really the next two scoring drives, uh, when he had the passes to Manny, it was that those whole drives, they were just, he, I kept seeing them, you know, telling them to hurry up, hurry up. And, and they just kept doing it. And it's like, you, you really felt like he had control and, and grasped like what was happening. Like, and, and I didn't have any feelings against that in, in the Fayetteville game, but it was his very first game. This yeah. game, it was like, no man, this, this kid's got it. Like, and the, the way he stands in the pocket, he's so still. 
his feet they're not churning he's not nervous like it's if he is it's like uh what's what's the ducks you know like above the water they're just cool and collected below the water yeah he's so still in the pocket until it's time for him to move it just I continue to be impressed by him. I'm not trying to give him, you know, so yeah. much credit to, to blow him up, but he just, he doesn't really look like a sophomore and that's great. And a, a lot of the credit for that. I mean, we've been talking about some of this and we were talking about it coming into the season was they have to be able to run the ball to take pressure off of him and man, oh man, 300 rushing yards. Now, granted a lot, some of that was him too, Yeah, uh, but that, that's helping for sure. Yeah, no, being able to run the ball, and we talked about that even before the season started. We talked about it with Coach Fimple, um, given the sophomore having to start, that the running game was going to be even more critical. And we, we you know, we ran the ball pretty well last year. I mean, let's be honest, yeah. the, the flash and 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 the pop with this team was, you know, Ben Weiss and and Bryce and Manny in the in the passing game, but we really got it done on, on the ground as well. I mean, Jamal Bethune had a great year. Manny Smith had a great year. Boogie Carr. We, we, we ran the ball well, but it just seems like the focus has changed. And we're, we're running the ball to set up the pass. Now, I, I believe, um, and I have not talked to coaches about this, and I wouldn't say it if it were. Uh, just, <laughs> but it's just my opinion. But I do believe we will start to see as, as Donovan um, gets more – in tune with what's going on and it starts to grow into the offense that we'll start to see that balance out a little bit. And again, I think one of the first steps is him being able to run the ball effectively like he did. It's one thing to feel comfortable handing the ball to Boogie or to Lala or to Jalen or to, to whomever they're going to run back there. It's another to pull it out and take it yourself. And he did it on both fourth downs mm-hmm. that were absolutely critical. So, so don't get lost <laughs> and scored. Right. And, don't, and so don't get lost in the fact that when it, we had to have it, he took the ball. There are a lot of guys out there that that pressure and that moment, um, you know, I'll do my job, but, but I'm not sure I want the ball. He wanted the ball. And, and that's what I like about this guy, super competitor. And, I, and let me say this before, because I, I, I know I talk too much. No, no, not the, at all. The, 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 the other part that I'm impressed with, I get that we gave up. Is it 40? We've given up 41 back-to-back games. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, so that's the number, right? So we got we to gotta score more than 41. Um, I know it's the day and age of football has changed so much long gone are the days of seven to 14. You're just not going to see that anymore. So I have to change my mindset on the defense. So here's what I believe about our defense. Yes, we gave up 41 points. They had six turnovers. This, this is a theme for this defense. They did the same thing last year. Yeah. Ball Hawks. As soon as the ball goes up, even when we're down, as soon as the ball goes up, there's a good chance we're going to get it. I mean, they believe that. And here's what happens. Once you start getting, once you start getting takeaways, it gets, it's like a stone rolling down the hill. People want to be a part of that. You just find yourself in positions to get the ball. That's what you want. So you got defensive linemen out there. I saw this last night uh, on Friday night, and I'm trying to remember who it was. I can't remember if it was, um, if it was big D Um, I'll have to, I'd have to go back and look at the film. Maybe in Kelgen. Um, they ran a screen pass late in the game 
and our defensive lineman dropped back into coverage and almost picked it off mm. a defensive lineman. So you've got guys out there that are now, I mean, they're looking for the ball. I love that about our defense. Do I want to see us not give up 41 points? Yeah. But I love the fact that they don't, they don't get down on that. They turn around and the next ball is going to be theirs. Love their attitude. Yeah. I, I want to say one more thing about the offense that stood out to me. And then I'd love okay. to continue this conversation about the defense. Yep. The, the last thing that really impressed me was in the third quarter after Amala threw his first interception, right. the next possession, they just drove entirely down the field running the ball and yeah. scored. Yeah. And it was like this – to me, that was kind of the turning point of the game was, hey, our sophomore just made his first passing mistake, really like one of the first bad throws he's had in these two games. That's right. Uh, we're going to pick him up and – and it's no worry, bud. We got this. <laughs> we'll just march all We're just gonna the way pound down it. the field. <laughs> well, here's like, the thing, too. Uh, I mean, so yes, and so and, and and the thing is, after the third, fourth, or fifth or sixth run, they know it's coming. They know yeah. it's coming, and they cannot stop it. Mm-hmm. And so I will tell you um, what you heard. And again, um, I don't do it. <laughs> I, don't, I truly don't do it just to to feel other people's pain. But I watched the other broadcast because what it does is those guys are fans and they also follow their team just like you and I do. And so they're passionate about it. They know the kids personally. They know all the nuances around the program. And they were shocked at how we could just basically look like we were running the same play over and over and over just right down the middle, pound, pound, pound. They were, they could not believe it. They were like, what is going on? And if you didn't see this uh, you, and you want to go back and take a look at the game, their defensive linemen and offensive linemen are some of the biggest that we'll face all year long. They're huge. They're very athletic. They're well coached. We wore them down and started to lean on them and finding those two and three yard gaps became five and six and seven yard gaps. And when you get this offense at, at second and short, third and very short, man, that's trouble because as we know, as we all know, yeah, it's not a three down set. It's four downs normally. I mean, Kelly's going to be looking over to Fimple, even if it's on our own 20 going it, look, it's fourth and inches. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, very impressed with our offense, but you know, um, that's now it's becoming very, very much a commonplace. All right, let's talk about this defense. Six turnovers. So so between the defense and special teams, we did get a fumble recovered on uh, kickoff coverage. Six turnovers, three interceptions, three fumbles. We forced four, but only recovered three. Only recovered three. Um, (laughs) One interception returned for a touchdown. Quadro Wilson, he had two in the game and returned one in the the second half for a touchdown. And then uh, the 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 coup d'etat, the finishing touch of the game, Ashton Waller. Uh, and sorry, Ashton, I didn't see that you caused the fumble as it was happening. I, we picked that up uh, a little bit later, later but yeah. you came up, uh, made the play on right, just slapped that ball out. You hit the, the turf and then could still get up and get to it before <laughs> anyone else and just take it on all the way home to uh, – to finish it, was, it off. It was funny. At the, he, they interviewed him in Northwest Arkansas. Media interviewed him after the game, and he was like, um, "When he, when he, after he made the play and he saw the ball come out, he said, I really didn't know.' 
He said, I, I went to the ball and, and started running with it. And he said, I, and you can see it on the film. He starts to slow down and look back. And then one of his guys, I don't know who it was, was going, go, man, go, go, go. And so he, he said, I just took off. He said, I didn't know if it was still a live ball or not, but I just took off. And he said, since they were chasing me, I decided to go ahead and get in the end zone. Um, but so defensively, um, we fly to the ball at every spot. And so it's a, it's a, uh, we're very risk taking defense. Um, and so we're going to get burned. We're going to get burned. And, and we have, we've been burned, but the more we play and the more you got to get out there, things begin to fall apart for the offense because we are, we are risk takers and any ball you throw up, we could go get. Okay. And so that mentality begins to change. And I was so, I mean, I was so impressed with how hard Maurice Freeman hit. Mm, I mean, Ashton yeah. Waller last week had 19 tackles. I can't remember how many, I think you, you do you know how many tackles Maurice uh, had? I think Mo had 10. 10, 10 tackles. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 and about half of those was the guy going backwards. I well, mean, and one of them was taking the quarterback and uh, almost pile driving him like we saw <laughs> Wampus Cat do last year, but but pulled up just enough yeah. to to stay away from the from the yellow. Yeah, we, we were sending messages really all night long. Not only, not only Maurice Freeman, Ashton Waller did it. Uh, 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 Trey Roberts had a great stick in the in the backfield. Um, so you're sending tough messages with them, things that they remember in the flats. You have receivers out there they're going to have their head on a swivel because they know the lumber's coming. So I just, I, I know we give up points, but I really love the way we play and the risks we take. Also five sacks on the night for this defense. And um, uh, yeah, 41 points is way too much. Like it's, yeah. they, they want it to be somewhere around like the mid to low twenties is what they're yeah. aiming for. Right. Based on discussions right. we had with them uh, before right. the season started. Um, so I, I know that these numbers aren't, they're not happy with these numbers. No. They're happy with the turnovers, certainly, right. but I think things are going to get better these next few games because they're not, no offense to Jonesboro or Little Rock Southwest, but this is not Fayetteville and Bentonville that we're going to be facing over the next, you know, two games that we have in the next three weeks. So I, I expect to see these numbers come down now. If they don't, then that's, you know, that's going to be problematic. But, uh, and again, Jonesboro is good. We're going to talk about them yep. here in a second. They're big. Um, yeah. They're always like that. Yeah. Um, Southwest is a mess. No offense to them. They're still getting a program established. So, that's right. So we expect these numbers to come down and, and you're not, you're not facing literally the two best teams in the 7A West over the next, you know, you're two, not. two weeks. So. That's right. That helps. Yeah, certainly. It does. It does. It absolutely does. All um, right. Any, anything else you want to say about Benville before we yeah, move one on final, to Jonesboro? If, if you'll allow me one final comment and then I will I'll always I promise, allow you. I, I promise to move on and I will <laughs> mentally check out of Bentonville and put it in the rearview mirror. Um, this is a team that is um, not only do they have the talent, um, they have, and not only are they big, they're fast. They have three fantastic receivers mm -hmm. at two top-notch running backs and a quarterback that's very elite, is technically very sound. And we took that team that's so well-coached, so well-disciplined, bigger than us, faster than us, 
and we wore them out in the end because of staying with our game plan and the pace of the game and our defense flying all over the place. That cannot be dismissed. This is not a team that you'll see probably lose again. I mean, this team's not going to lose more than one more ball game at most the rest of the year. That's my prediction. So just remember that after a, after a tough game against Fayetteville, on the road again, you turn around, you drive back, and you know going in what you're facing. You know it's not like it's a big shock to anybody that Benville's going to be really, really, really good, right? <laughs> right. So you know going in that it's going to be, you know, you better strap it up tight because it's going to be – and we came out a 14-point victor, six turnovers, and saw so many, many uh, fantastic plays. I, our coaching staff, I mean – Let's just say something about that just for a second before I leave out. Um, I know Coach Fimple, and, and I know a lot of these coaches, and they pour their heart and soul into this program, and they were disappointed with the Fayetteville game. And this week in practice was a tough week in practice, but they had a purpose, they had a plan, and they can coach on the fly, they can make some adjustments, but they were planning for Bentonville. They were planning to beat Bentonville. They were not surprised. You talked to Coach Fimple. He was not surprised. He was surprised by six turnovers. That doesn't happen in high school ball very often. Yeah. But he was not surprised that they won. And so I'm, I'm so pleased but with our coaching staff and how they got these kids ready to go and play. Speaking of the coaching staff, we're going to be talking with one from the coaching staff here in a little bit, Coach Coach D, Coach Gavin De Los Santos, the offensive line coach, and can't wait to talk to him because uh, this offensive line is – well, they clean things up from week zero to week one. We'll just, oh, my gosh. We'll just say that. All right, let's talk about Jonesboro a little bit uh, before we go and talk to Coach D. Um, the, the hurricane coming to town. Not, yeah. not Ida. <laughs> Jonesboro. <laughs> just in one singular. I can't, for my lifetime, I called them the hurricanes, but it is the Jonesboro hurricane. Um, watch them on film. They are, I think, one and one on the season. Um, they, um, again, you mentioned this, I think, a little bit earlier. They're just big, um, big at every position. They're fast. Um, Cabot handled them last week, uh, but they, they've got a receiver that can, can get over the top very quickly. They, they've got a, a, guy, a quarterback. We saw it after they had a quarterback last year we played. And he broke his leg during the game. Jumper, I think, was his name. Yeah, so we got and to see see this guy, right? I mean, Aspo Aspo is his name. Uh, I think that's his name. And um, he actually can fling it around. And I've watched him in the Cabot game. He can he can do it. Um, the running back is is kind of a bowling ball kind of running back. Uh, not real tall, very uh, strong. Um, and so they've got they're they're dangerous uh, on the offensive side defensively. Man, they fly to the ball. Now, I think there's a chance there for us because they are such high pursuit that mm. we can get them in a uh, uh, some opportunities and some of our misdirections. And I think that Manny could have a – I think he could have a really good ball game this week. I like what I'm hearing. The, the, the ground game took over at Bentonville, carried, carried us through. Maybe yep. we see the, uh, the passing game reemerge. Well, dominant. Yeah, so defensively, we've got to make sure that we watch the flats on these guys. They do a lot of drag routes. They throw it short a lot, and then they'll pop the top uh, a little bit. But it's a passing game that really works side to side more, more than vertically. Uh, 
at least against Cabot. And, but offensively for us, I think we've got some chances to do some things with some of those uh, read options that we have. I think it's going to be, I like the cats in this one. I'll always, I'll always take the cats, <laughs> but I do, but I really do believe that we will, uh, we'll be able to do some, some really good things offensively against Jonesboro. Yeah. First home game of the season. So first yeah. chance for all you Conway residents to come see your Wampus cats at John McConnell stadium and not senior night first. Uh, well, I guess second home game last year was senior night just because of all the weird right. stuff going on with COVID, but not doing that this early this year, that will be later in the season, but your first chance to come see him out in person. And of course we will have that game broadcast live on Conway Corp with pregame starting at six 30, Tim, it's going to be fun. Can't wait. Time now for this week's Meet the Cats segment. Joining us now is football offensive line coach Gavin De La Santos. Coach D, welcome to Six Legs. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Levi. Yeah, we're super excited to have you here. And, man, what a week. We will talk about Bentonville in a little bit. But I kind of just want to get started talking a little bit about you and your your football history and how you made your way to Conway. I know some of the story happened over in Searcy, Arkansas. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess we can start, uh, we can start at the very beginning. Uh, you know, ever since I remember I've had a ball in my hand, you know, playing peewee football and, and, uh, growing up playing football, went to Lake Hamilton, uh, my entire life played high school football there for the, for the great Jerry Clay, uh, for you guys to know him, uh, yeah. I guess. <laughs> but no, but, uh, I had, had great coaches my whole career ended up being lucky enough to go to Harding university, uh, uh, graduated there from in 2017. We were part of some really good teams there, man. I was really blessed to to be a part of Harding right there. My senior year, we started the year 0 and 3, lost to Southern Naz that third game, and uh, it was looking pretty bleak, man. I thought I was going to have a pretty quick senior year and it was going to be done, but we ended up rattling off like 12 straight wins, going to the semifinals, and uh, almost making a run for the national championship there. So uh, being a part of a lot of great teams, I'm blessed. Not everybody that plays and coaches football can say that. Um, so man, it's been a, it's been an awesome ride. Been, uh, super blessed to be a part of that team at Harding and, and what it meant for me and, and really shaped me into the, you know, the coach I am today, the, the mentors and the coaches you have that I had there were, were second to none. So that was awesome experience. And then, yeah, getting to coaching, uh, Conway is my second stop. Actually, I was at Joe T Robinson, uh, for the first two years of my coaching career. And man, again, talking about how blessed I am. I got to coach really good teams there as well and uh, really good talent. Uh, we actually won a state championship my last year there. Um, and so being able to coach with those, those guys over there are great. Being able to coach that team was awesome, but uh, there is nothing like being at Conway. And I can honestly say that after my first year here and now going into my second year. So um, now going into that and bringing me here, you know, there's some places that, that, have great students, have great places, and have great coaches in football. But, man, Conway is second to none, and, I, and, I, and I'm so blessed. And me and my wife and are so blessed to be here, that's for sure. Well, we're I, I can tell you we're very thankful to have you. And and I, I wonder if any of the band – I've heard. I haven't seen it yet. But if I, if I were to go to Harding, there's not a building that doesn't have some sort of name of yours in some part of it. So congratulations on your college career. I know there's a lot of awards, a lot of uh, background there. So with the offensive line that you coach and in the system that Conway has, I mean, it's such a unique system. Um, I, I honestly can say, and I've watched a lot of high school football. I've watched football at all levels uh, for a number of years. I've never seen a team on a regular basis, like on a normal cadence, go as fast as Conway does. Now, 
that's something for the receivers and for the for for the uh, uh, skill position guys to get back into the spots and load up and get the call in all that stuff. But I think it's remarkable that your offensive linemen, the big guys, go up and down the field at such that at such a, a high paced uh, uh, way. How do you approach coaching your offensive line to just get into the spot, get there quick so quickly? Well, and really, I mean, it's got to be a hats off to Coach Kelly right there because I have never practiced at a pace <laughs> that we have practiced. I promise, it's not just the game, and it is incredible at the rate in which we practice. And and yeah, that's that's really what I'll credit it to. And uh, I mean, no matter what it is, what drill we're doing, whether it's in between stations, whatever it is, it's a full out sprint. And I think it's it's one of those things that you can talk about playing fast, but unless you live it. It's not going to show up on Friday nights. And so I think that's the biggest thing is, is everything we do is move fast. Even in the weight room, we're, you know, two minutes, two minutes, every superset, and then we're rolling again. And I give them 30 seconds at the end of it, and they've got to rack all the weights up in that time. And so it just, everything we do is kind of almost programmed to play like that. And, uh, and so really the way we practice is really accredited that it's not even really a drill that I say, Hey guys, here, every five yards, we've got to run and get to the ball. You know, I think it's just, they know, and they get to it. And, and I can't tell you enough how blessed we are to coach the kids we have because we don't have to say it much. Well, I, I you know, for the first time I think ever, I saw at the Bentonville game, um, <laughs> the PAT team went went before the the referees were ready. Yeah. I mean, everybody just goes fast. Um, so Levi, do you mind if I ask another question? Oh I know man, I, I, just I keep going. Okay, keep rolling. So, so what we saw in the in the uh, Bentonville game, we actually saw as well in the Fayetteville game. And I know with the, with the running game from last year, when you had uh, Jamal and you had uh, Boogie really kind of establishing himself and you had Manny going back there, um, the running game was, it looked to me like it was opened up by the fact that everybody was having to play the pass and they were having to spread and they were having to cover the edges so well and they just opened up gaps. It looks like this year, and I'm not sure if that's because we have such a young quarterback and he's learning and doing whatever, but it looks like you guys are having so much success running the ball to set up the throw. Um, so it, is there is there a difference this year in the running game and how you're blocking that? No, and you know, that's that's funny you say that because we actually just talked about this uh, and, you know, because we went for 250 against Fayetteville and then 300 against Bentonville on the ground. Um, you know, it's not something you normally see from our offense, especially if you're going off last year. And so, no, I think you're 100% right. I think right now, um, I think while we get Donnie, you know, getting him uh, adjusted to the high school game uh, and, you know, we've got an experienced offensive line and we've got Boogie back and, you know, we've got some experience in those positions where, um, man, being able to run the ball and take some take some pressure off him is huge. But also, um I think really teams, they really have given us a light box again this year. Like Benville, they gave us five in the box a lot of the game. And, man, Coach Kelly over the headset was just like, they're going to give us this, we're going to run the ball 100 times. So, uh, you know, that's music to my ears. I was I was excited <laughs> to hear that. So, uh, man, we went 46 rushes right there for 303. And, again, I, those guys played so hard Friday night, and I was so proud of them. Well, and, I, I, and I, I'll tell you, I cheat a little bit, and I watch other other teams broadcast to see what their position is on on the Wapaskat offense because it's such a unique offense and the Bentonville guys that they, that were broadcasting the game were not only where they were just they were um intrigued and they were a little bit worn out by the fact of how fast we went but they were so surprised that 
And again, based upon Bentonville's game against North Liberty or Liberty North, whoever that was in, in Missouri, um, that we were having so much success running the ball. And it was it seemingly, and I know it probably wasn't, but it was just, it was like a bunch of plays that were almost exact same play, and they were five, eight, 12, five. Um, so when your guys get lined up, and I know you're going so fast, um, do they – and, and Jack has talked to me a little bit. My son Jack is, is, uh, was an offensive lineman for a while there. Um, that, that you guys are pretty much know what's going to go on before you even get to the line. Is, is that a true statement? I mean, do you, do you guys feel like that they know exactly what they've got to do before the play's even called? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, and you know, I, I've always prided myself on getting my guys ready mentally uh, for the most part. You know, I, I always want them to know exactly what they're going to see um, and visualize it and see it Monday through Thursday before they see it Friday. So um, I think that's a huge part. But, you know, for the most part, our rules and our run game, and, and I, I joke with the guys all the time, we have about eight things that the offensive line has to know. And if you know those eight things, you can probably be a pretty good offensive line for us. And I think that's how we play fast. You know, you make it simple for the kids and they can play fast and have fun. And so, um, for the most part, yeah, they they're, they're pretty much know what they're doing every play. But obviously, the defense can give us something different. We need to make a check or a call here um, to change the run scheme or maybe uh, the protection maybe a little bit different. But other than that, uh, Jack's 100% right. You know, there's a we play we make it pretty simple so they can play fast. Excellent. So you got you got kind of a uh, on your offensive your starters. You have uh, two. Is it two seniors? And three juniors, three seniors. Three yeah, seniors Raymond, Raymond Tolliver, Childress, Tolliver. DeBoard, and then uh, Smith and Tufu, your juniors. Yeah. So you moved. I think was was Tufu your left tackle last year? He was. He was left tackle last year, and we and we slid over to the right side this year. So Aaron Smith, we didn't know much about him coming in. He's really tall. He's not not very thick. He's a, he's a tall guy. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it. <laughs> You're feeding him well. More KFC at the uh, Ozark uh, rest stop. So, <laughs> but but he seems though, and I thought that was an interesting change because Tufu had a great year last year. Um, and I thought even as a sophomore, man, you put him in the left tackle spot. That's a big deal. Um, so why the switch? I mean, and 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 what have you seen about uh, Aaron Smith that you liked so much to put him at left tackle? Right. Well, the first thing that jumps out you out at you about Aaron is he's six six. And <laughs> yes. You know, he's got super long arms. He's and you know, like you said, he's not very not very large or large in terms of you know his size and his weight. Um, but man, he was about two forty five about three months ago, and then over you know, we went home for the uh, dead period, and he came back about twenty pounds le less than what <laughs> he was. And so I had me and he and I had to have a little conversation, but he actually got a little sick, and it wasn't all his fault. Okay. So I'm I'm giving him the here but no and with, with with Sean I can't say enough great things about Sean um the fact that he is I can he's a Swiss army knife you can put him anywhere and you know this during the team camp this year he actually played some guard um he's just one of those kids where that can play all five and I knew that the Aaron had already been back up left and it would just be easier for me to take Sean and put him at right because of knowing what he could do and knowing how he could seamlessly make that change and it wouldn't bother him and I felt like with Aaron, him being his first year really playing, just let him stay where he was at and uh, and let him go right there. And, again, I think Aaron will be a pretty good left tackle for us eventually just uh, based off his his uh, tangibles. Well, he's looked, he's looked great so far. And I know you've got like a senior Nick Childers uh, at center, so solid at, at the center position. And you got Debo over there at uh, right guard. 
and I know he's, he's fairly aggressive. He came back from a, a pretty significant injury at the Jonesboro game last year, tore his ACL. Uh, what kind of, have you seen him get back into the kind of his normal aggressive mode? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you never know how a kid's going to respond from something like that. You know, it's something as traumatic as the ACL and being, you know, nine months, you know, removed from the sport. And, uh, you know, that's, that's tough on a kid, but Debo came back and, I remember that first day he got cleared. It just so happened the next day we had a team camp. And the first play, Debo takes some kid and takes him 10 yards and plants <laughs> him on the back. And he gets up and he's just going crazy. <laughs> I'm like, man, this kid hadn't missed a beat. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, that was refreshing. That was, you know, reassuring for me to know that, you know, he was excited. He was back and, you know, playing just as well as ever. And he really got, you know, it's crazy how kids and really athletes in general, after an ACL surgery, they get stronger. You know, he's mm -hmm. squatting more than he's ever squatted, and he's cleaning more than he's ever cleaned, and he's benching a ton. So, um, you know, I hate to say it helped him, but, you know, it was – I think that time off, you know, it allowed him to get stronger, get in the weight room, and, man, he's looking great this season for sure. That's awesome. Well, I want I, – I definitely want to talk about Bentonville. Levi, can we talk about Bentonville? Yeah. Can I jump in first, though? Because yeah. – What? You want, you want to talk a little bit? I mean, just <laughs> just for a moment, Tim, all right? <laughs> Because I don't think you can talk about Bentonville really without first talking about Fayetteville and what happened there with the offense moved the ball pretty well throughout the game, but it was penalties that just were killing drives. I think, I think there were like 14 penalties overall. Um, and then this week, two penalties that we, we counted only one against the offense. So, so what was the message for, for you as the O-line coach to, to the kids this past week to get them ready to go out there and perform like they did at Bentonville. Right. Yeah. So like you said, talking about Fayetteville and you go back and you watch that game and, and it's hard, it's hard to convince a team or a team of 15 to 18 year old kids after they lose by three scores to tell them, Hey, you're better than that team. And you know, that's hard. For, it's hard to convince <laughs> yeah. them of that after they lose by 17, but then you show the film and you show them the mistakes and you show them the 14 penalties um, and then uh, the the three trips to the red zone that resulted in zero points. And, you know, you start showing them those things and they kind of like, okay, yeah. And then our, our message for the week was finish. And that was everything that we did. I talked about finishing. And so we, we had a lot of red zone goal line things during the week where we put the ball in the 20 and, hey, we've got to score, guys. And, you know, and uh, just reiterating the word finish. And I think every trip to the red zone the other night, we, we scored. So that was awesome to see the kids. And like you said, one penalty on the offense, and that's a complete turnaround. Can't say enough how, about how well those kids, how, how well the kids answered, and uh, and played for each other the other night. It was awesome to watch. Uh, I don't know if it's if I, I'm I'm old school. I can I, back in the day penalties uh, meant uh, some up and downs uh, the next day or the next week in practice. So I know that there's <laughs> there's other ways to incentivize. But to the Levi's point, it was such a night and day kind of, and, and I know that was some early season kind of things uh, going on. Did what was the when you got to Bentonville? So you had you had that at the end of the Bentonville game, you could look at the stats and go, "Wow, you know, fourteen penalties to two, red zone uh, uh, consistency, capitalized on every red zone. You pounded the ball offensively. I mean, you were just running the ball through through some of the bigger defensive linemen that we will face, and these guys are pretty talented. We watch I watch them year in and year out, and they're very disciplined." They don't lose track of things. They know what's going on. They make adjustments. They got a good coaching staff. Um, here's here's the question that I've been wanting to ask you since since Friday night. Um, so you have the game on Friday. You you don't play as well as you can, and that you know you can do. 
Then you turn around, and in the first six, seven minutes of the game, or actually probably more like eight minutes of the game Friday night, you get two turnovers gifted to you. You know, defense turns the ball over for you and gives you the ball. And yet, offensively, there was just nothing going on. And so, um, and some of that credit Bentonville for, you know, whatever things that they were doing. But something happened right there towards the end of the first quarter. And and I, I was wondering, was there something that either you changed from a technical perspective, from a game plan perspective, or was it just a leaning on the kids and getting them to to believe in what was going to go on? What was it like that that made that switch kind of flip to the to the positive side? Yeah, I think there's three things. And the, I think the first thing is the last uh, thing you mentioned right there is uh, just that belief in each other on the on the sideline. Uh, got together with the offensive staff and we all kind of got with, together with the kids underneath the tent and just kind of uh, reiterate the fact that, hey, last week's behind us. These first three drives are behind us. It's time, you know, to, you know, it, it would have been really easy to just start yelling and, and telling the kids, you know, hey, this, this and that. But uh, I think we got together and kind of pulled together and the kids felt that that comfort zone right there and they just started to settle down a little bit. Um, I think the next thing is uh, we and you talked about is there was there something from a, you know, a scheme standpoint that we changed. And I think uh, we started running, you know, a little different scheme there. We started running more GT counter uh, and dart there, uh, pulling the tackle, almost like power, uh, just pulling the dart or pulling the tackle there. Really was just something we noticed with the way their backers were playing and the way the the D line was slanting really away from the back. um, And they were kind of setting their strength a certain way. So once we saw that after those first three drives, it became pretty consistent. We made that that change and uh, and we kind of went from there. Uh, and then the next thing is one kid that I want to talk about is Jalen Chambers. Uh, he's a running back from Texas and uh, our, the, the movement from Texas. And man, that guy brought us a spark. Uh, he ran, he came in and ran the ball hard yeah. on that on that drive that we scored. He came in, he lowered his head on on two drives or two runs to finish, and kind of got our sideline a little pumped. up. you feel the kids start to to get a little excited and. Uh, the energy they were showing. And so uh, I think it's those three things. Uh, there's the belief in each other, that little change in the run game, uh, and then Jalen right there coming in and really providing the spark. And uh, I think after that, it was it was a downhill run, and we were we were ready to roll after that. Do you think, do you think, um, and it, you know, the, the second half of the Fayetteville game was a little bit of an enigma, enigma for me because we I don't think we scored in the second half of the Fayetteville game. One and touchdown. so we, yeah, so, so then you go and um, and you do what in the Bentonville game, and, and I don't know that I was expecting it against Bentonville, but I saw it last year a lot. Because of the pace of the game, you, you really start to wear down an opponent, and the pace of the game gets to them finally. You get into their legs. Um, Bentonville is, is a different kind of team. Beating Bentonville, I think, personally, was, was – one of the better victories we've had in the last two years because of what they have and how they're set up to be successful. And um, so do you think with the way that you guys play and at the, again, the pace that you play, and I hate to keep bringing that up, but it's such a unique pace. Do you think you, you have the ability to wear down defenses and, and get them into, you know, the latter half of the third and fourth quarter and really start leaning on them? Oh, there's no doubt. There is no doubt. And again, uh, Coach Kelly says it every day in practice. No one plays at the pace we play at. And it's not something you can simulate in a practice to the opposing team either. Uh, and so every day, uh, again, just that belief in the kids playing fast and understand what we're trying to accomplish is huge. And 
uh, like you said, the way Bentonville's set up and how successful they are and how, and you know, what they have been in the past and what they're, they are and what they're going to be. Uh, but what I, what I'm excited about is, is Conway set up the same way. And I think, I think once the kids start to beat teams like this and, and they understand uh, it should be us that people are, are thinking about like that, you know, and I think once the kids start feeling that and they start understanding that, I honestly think Conway would be the next powerhouse. And there's no doubt in my mind, you know, just, uh, the community backing, the size of the school, the kids that we have, there's no reason we shouldn't be that number one or two team in the state every year. So I totally agree. Well, coach, I got one last question for you. I would be remiss not to, to mention it. I mean, you're coaching Conway offensive lineman. One of the best to come up and through there was Colton Jackson. And now he's, he's working alongside you. What, what's that relationship like? Oh man. Well, it's funny you say that our, uh, me, my, my wife and his family and, and my, my little eight month old girl were just at the splash pad down the street before, uh, before I came home tonight. So uh, <laughs> it's a great relationship to say the least uh, to be able to work with a guy like that. And, and honestly, you know, I'm a couple years older than him and, and I've been coaching a little bit longer, but being able to pick his brain and, you know, he's been coached by some really good coaches, you know, his first, first couple of years there, he had uh, Sam Pittman as the, as his offensive line coach. I don't know if you guys know who that is, but uh, <laughs> got him. Uh, he's pretty, he's pretty good one. And so, yeah. And just being able to pick his brain, talk to him about uh, just drills that they did in college, you know, certain things that they did, maybe scheme-wise, maybe the way they blocked a few things, uh, certain calls, his uh, communication on the line, all those things are so invaluable for me. Uh, and just anything I could maybe pick up, maybe if it was just one thing that, that could help the offensive line, man, that was that was huge for us. And then it's, it, goes, it goes without saying just what he brings from just pretty much an idle standpoint for these kids and for the guys, man. They, they look at him and – it's like, man, that could be me one day. And that that right there is priceless for those, for me and for the rest of the coaching staff and obviously Colton and the kids, because when they think that and they know and they got someone to look up to and follow like that, man, it helps, it helps a ton. And he brings a ton of energy each day. Uh, he's great in the weight room with, with the guys. And he always finds about one rack offensive lineman and lets them have it during the, uh, during the weight room session. So uh, having an extra pair of eyes like that and, and just a guy who's six six, three hundred pounds and can, uh, can scare some kids into a few extra reps, man. That's, uh, <laughs> there you awesome. go. Nice. But well, no, I like, can't say enough things about Colton. He is awesome. He's great. Yeah, like you said, I mean, they see him. They saw Big Rob Scott. They saw Jaden Williams. There's definitely a path for offensive linemen to come through Conway There's High no School. Doubt. Well, Coach D, hey, thank you so much for your time. This was an amazing conversation. I look forward Thanks, to Coach. speaking with you again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you all so much. Sorry about the technical difficulties there. Yeah, no problem. Before we close out the show, let's take a look at the week ahead for your Lady Cats and Wampus Cats. Football Tuesday, sophomore and uh, JV playing at North Little Rock. Tennis is in action on Tuesday and Thursday. They'll be at North Little Rock uh, today and then um, we'll be uh, at home versus Cabot on Thursday. Huge week for volleyball Lady Cats. They travel to North Little Rock Tuesday and then Cabot at home. Is, is this just the 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 rhythm of all the conference uh, opponents right now, North Little Rock Cabot, North Little Rock yeah, Cabot. <laughs> I, I like it. Well, Hey, on the road at North Little Rock, that's going to be a big test. And, and Tim, you've been saying that Cabot's going to, they've been getting better too. So that could be a big test at home for your lady cats. Yeah, it should be. And I will tell you this, I want, I would love for people to come out and watch that. First of all, you want to beat Cabot at anything. I don't care what sport <laughs> it is. I don't care what it is come out and support your lady cats come out they it is a great show they are very talented come out and watch the lady cats and golf will be at the north little rock invitational tuesday and then they also have a, a match at russellville 
on Wednesday. That's going to do it for this week's six legs. Um, well, almost going to do it. We got to finish with our parting shots first. Tim, parting shot for this week. What stands out? I mean, you got a lot to choose from. Well, can I go? To, I'll go two parter. Number one, just like I said, please come out and support your Lady Cats against, uh, against Cabot and volleyball. Fantastic team. I guarantee you'll be impressed with how they play. And it's always great to beat Cabot. We got to do that. The second thing is this come out and come out and support your, your Wampus Cats Friday night against Jonesboro. This is a special team. They've got a chance to be really, really, really good. And here's the thing if you want to watch uh, the, the broadcast, take it with you on your phone and you can have it, hook it up. Um, this is a big game. First home game, got to win one. Yeah, I mean, you you perfectly summed up the parting shot. It's got to be volleyball at home versus Cabot on Thursday, and then your first chance to see the Wampus Cats in person if you haven't been able to travel to Northwest Arkansas the last two weeks. At home, taking on John, Jonesboro. This offense is rolling. Defense, six turnovers. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come watch these Wampus Cats on Friday. My goodness. All right. Remember, if you like what you heard today and you want to support this type of local content, please go to patreon.com slash six legs and contribute directly to the show. There's a few different tier options, including the ability to interact directly with us. If you want to submit questions, comments, whatever it is, why not? Why not do that? Um, if you like what we're doing here, please consider doing that. And if you're watching the show for free, that's okay too. Subscribe, like it, share it. Just get it out to all the Wampus Cat fans in your life. Tim, thank you, sir. Until thank next you. week, go Cats. Go. Six Legs is a product of Gilbert Learning and Media, LLC. The show is conceived by, written by, and edited by me, Levi Gilbert. My co-host is Tim Roach. Six Legs is fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash sixlegs. Our Patreon executive producers for this episode are Malcolm and Susan Smith. Thank you so much for contributing to local content.